from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. We are joined by our friend here once again, Coach Randy Swain, Marshall Goldsmith, certified executive coach and founder of his own company. Again, we're here with him live on the Zoomcast and podcast of Coaching for Relevance. Welcome back today. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Glad I'm to be here as always. Doing well. How's life been? It's been a while since we spoke. Uh, we've known each other for quite some time. Uh, yeah. You really got a lot going on on your plate. But listen, tell us a yeah. little bit about what you do before we begin today. Okay. Well, as, as you said, I'm a Marshall Goldsmith executive coach. My whole uh, passion and focus is bringing freedom to potential and those across my path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that encompasses a lot of different areas and that that's kind of cool and uh but uh, in addition to that i'm uh, as i think you kind of have an insight on that i've got uh my uh it sounds like my um my uh, uh 78 minute television documentary on my story uh is probably going to be published this summer it sounds like uh once they get all the little editing done and everything and uh also probably around june i've got my autobiography that they it sounds like i've been i was told uh in a few days ago that uh they've got a publisher that wants to publish my autobiography so uh so a lot going on with uh with the airport and with just you know helping people and coaching people and all that and and uh all this uh, busy time, but you know what? That's good. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Well, welcome back here uh, with us joining us today. Always a pleasure to have you here. And also want to point out if someone does have any questions for you today as we speak, uh, please feel free to reach out. Give a call in uh, the lines. We're going to open them in just five minutes. Uh, again, the number, it's a new number, 631-205-6605. 631-205-6605. If you have any questions uh, about anything, right? I mean, as a coach, you're, everything's open, right? There you go. There you go. J- j- just don't ask me what 29 divided by something. Yeah, I got to get a calculator for that. <laughs> <laughs> got to have some fun. Oh, wow. All right. Well, what did you have in mind for our listeners and audience today? Well, one thing I was just going to kind of throw out on, on this a little bit, too, is um, in leading in a challenging environment, you know, the VUCA environment that we always talk about, you know, the variable you know, uncertain, changing, and adaptive environment, which is today's world, let's face it, you know, kind of thing. And and I'll just kind of uh, tell one or two quick stories. Uh, and the thing I'll just kind of leave with people for today is to what extent, um, to what extent when you're working with your people, when something doesn't go well, or 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 maybe they fail at one little thing, guess what? We all can at some point, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of the process of growth sometimes. When you sense that or when you see that, how do you truly, truly respond? What does your team member experience mm-hmm. and feel from you when you're interacting with them? Because so often I've seen people that are instructors that just sit there and say, well, you should have done this. You should have done this. And you know what? That doesn't help it. And yeah. um uh, it's, uh, I, I had to actually fail one pilot on a check ride, uh, a, a couple of days ago. Won't say any specifics on it or anything like that, but there was one point when they were single engine and went a, did a missed approach and they uh, ended up stalling the airplane just because of some things where they were thinking maybe not on the critical point at the point of attack. But what was interesting is after it was all done, one of the things that I mentioned that I said, listen, don't take anything away from there that, that's not here. 
and and I said, you know, uh, if you need somebody to fly with you, you let me know. I'll fly with you. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a critical mistake, you know, and it's something you can learn from. And I'm also thinking in terms of um, one thing that one of my a friend of mine that was a retired Navy guy, and I actually trained pilots in the airplane at his facility down mm -hmm. at uh, Lancaster Airport. This was years ago, actually about 25 years ago, probably kind of thing. And a uh, good man, good, good friend. And uh, the way he uh, ended up giving his life, he uh, uh, there, there was a flight that was going down to, I, I heard on the news that I saw the little picture of his facility on the news. And I went, oh, so I turned the volume up. And they were talking about him because he was in an airplane. He was in the right seat. And, of course, he's an instructor. Uh, he's mm -hmm. an experienced guy. And the guy that was in the left seat, they were flying, and they had an engine issue. And they were going into a small airport to, to you know, get it take care of. But what happened is because of the situation that developed, the guy in the left seat started to go around. And, and my friend knew that you don't want to get too slow because you go below what's called maneuvering speed, which is the slowest speed at which the airplane can actually maneuver kind of thing. And, and he, um, uh, and that's just a short way of saying it, but he, um, uh, kind of said, no, even if you have to go long on this, you know, that's the safest option. And they, and, and so he did, but then the guy panicked again and he pulled the nose up and the airplane did this and it went in a big roll like this and crashed. And they, the, the, the two passengers that were in the back did not, did not perish, but the two guys in the front uh. did. And, and that's what the news article was about. But my point is, how do you truly, when people can make a mistake, people on your team can make a mistake as part of their growth. How do you truly handle that? Yeah. And and like I said, I, I told the pilot that, that I worked with on that. I said, I want you to understand if your company calls me and asks me, I'm going to tell them you're going to be an asset for the company because I, I see you got yeah. the skills. Did you make one critical, you know, uh, 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 error there at one point? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what? And I said, just to make you comfortable, and I, you know, I kind of jokingly said the little line from Top Gun where the uh, instructor looked at Maverick, said, Maverick, you're going to get your whizzo when you get to the ship. And if you don't, give me a call. I'll fly with you. Oh, you know, my gosh. And that's what and that's what I told this pilot. I said, yeah, if your company calls, I'll tell them I'd fly with you any day. And I would. And I said, was there a critical error made? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But do you have the skills? Do you do you have the ability where you'll be an asset for them? Yep. And I'll, I have no problem telling them that. Wow. And so it was just sort of interesting. But when you're talking about people on your team, guess what? Not everything's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. If you are constantly sitting there pointing fingers and trying to think that your role of leadership is to just tell them what to do, yeah. they shut their brains off mm -hmm. and they don't grow. And what it is, what that means is they cannot make valuable, successful decisions at the point of attack in a situation that's challenging because they're always waiting on you and they don't know what you require them to do as opposed to perceiving the situation and gaining perception on what the right successful radical solution is. And that's just something to think about. You know, when you have some people that make little mistakes along the way, is that going to happen? Yeah. Cause guess what? That's the growth part, growth part of people. But how do you really interact with your people? Yeah. Uh, and, and are you aware of the 
the causes of the solution. Because if you get in there and can ask the right questions and get them thinking on the actual root cause of the situation, yeah, and they can get a better picture of what they need to do going forward. And guess what? They're better. Your team is better. Your company's better. Mm-hmm. And one day when they get promoted, wherever they're promoted to, that'll be better. And yeah. so when you're thinking about that, um, uh, like I say, there, there, anybody that's listening can probably think of one or two examples of that in their journey. Not saying that they made mistakes. They probably made a few along the way but they were at least probably in a situation to observe them. And what did you notice about the way the manager and the leader interacted with them, connected with them at that point? It's one thing to kind of shut them down and say, well, you should have done this and all that. That stifens people. But if you can help them get a picture for what they might've done differently. And one of the questions I would ask sometimes is I'd say, looking back on it, what would you do different? And I get them thinking about it. And then, you know what, when they come up with that change of action, sometimes I'll ask another question or two and get them a sense of that perception ability. And so it's just something to think about when you have somebody that is, uh, uh, you know, has a, uh, you know, has a decision that they perhaps didn't make well, or they didn't make it as successful as everybody would have liked it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you really, as their leader, how do you truly interact with them in a way that gets the team a giant leap ahead, as opposed to, you know, stalling somebody and just, you know, causing them to, to go into holding pattern and just hang out because they don't think that they're welcome anymore. You know, that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting when you're talking about dealing with people in a challenging environment, that's something to think about. Got it. And by the way, we can find you um, on your website, coachingforrelevance.com. And mm-hmm. you have a YouTube channel as well, right? Is it? I do. Coaching for Relevance? Yep. And and I, and I it's uh, they can go look at me there. That's for sure. And and it's, as you know, it's, uh, it's free. You can subscribe to it at no charge. And all that means, you won't get sales calls from me. Uh, that All that means is that when the new YouTube video goes up, you know, you'll get a little email that says new YouTube on this channel and you can go look at it if you want. And there's, uh, and by the way, all the little, all the videos that we have here actually get loaded up there too. So on that thing, so people can watch this again if they needed to uh, kind of thing. So it, it, it it's a way that I get to share yeah. these videos and everything. But yeah, and, and as you know, the, uh, you know, and as the listeners, I think know that uh, if they do call me on my, a cell phone or send me an email uh they don't have to worry i'm not going to do sales pitches because that's not what i do uh, what i do is i make connections i i get to know people i build relationships if they have a need for uh, a coaching thing and I, i'm going to bring it yeah we'll come up with the price we'll come up with uh, you know what i charge and and what that looks like once we have clarity on the target and the outcome that you want but uh but you won't see me trying to kind of twist you into a sale or anything so it, it'll be a building a relationship on that so feel free to reach out or connect or whatever uh, as somebody might like great and by the way let's also mention uh again if you do have any questions for you today uh feel free to give us a call right here 631-205-6605 631-205-6605 uh, what mm-hmm. are some of the questions you've been hearing uh, you know from people out there what type of um you know coaching and leadership skills are they in need of are you noticing a lot you know more people reaching out compared to you know someone well, else 
Well, well I'll tell you what, it, it, uh, I was teaching a couple of pilots and it was in a ground school session uh, today and what, uh, or not today, excuse me, a couple of days ago. And, uh, and one of the things that, uh, that I do, I have a very different approach. If you think about the typical classroom teacher that you've always maybe gotten used to or whatever, I do things quite a bit differently because instead of just going through rote academic stuff, mm -hmm. you know, what I do is I teach it in a way where people can have sort of an operational understanding and application of what they know. So it's a little bit of a different approach and most clients love it. And, uh, but I will say this, that, that, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about our society. I don't mean that or whatever, but one of the, one of the uh, clients we're, we're talking about uh, just kind of some of his applications of the, the process and everything. And, uh, and one of the things that are mentioned so often in, in our society today, and it, and it crosses over into schools and educational facilities at different levels, is this aspect of just kind of teaching the rote academic factoid and then going home, you know, kind of thing. And if you ask the right questions, if you can ask questions in such a way that somebody applies what they have learned, and and all that and this actually came up with this client just about a day or two ago and he actually looked at me and he said unfortunately he said randy that's because i told him i said that's fairly similar in in training facilities around and he said uh he said yeah and unfortunately that's very common in our society <laughs> yeah where people just want to tell you and i go yeah and you know what when you're a team member or when you're you're talking about that guess what it's very different. In fact, when I give an oral check ride, most of the cl clients, you know, an oral is you're kind of asking them system questions and things like that to to apply, you know, to to uh, see if they have the knowledge. Uh, and one of the things that I do, most clients say that my the orals that I give are slightly more challenging than others, but but they wouldn't have it any other way because my orals are pilots orals. What I tell people is I couldn't care less whether you can build the airplane. What I look for is do they have the system knowledge that tells me they can make good decisions out there. So I ask the same question areas that everybody else does, but I ask it in an operational understanding where they apply what they know rather than just filling in squares. And it's and it's uh and it's a concept that when you're it's a key area of leadership when you're developing your people. Mm -hmm. And that's actually true of what we mentioned at the beginning of this show too, but also now with this that's the key difference when you're talking about real leaders and real people that are connecting with people in such a way that the people are better when they leave. And I think you may have heard me say this before, Jill, in martial arts, because I got my black belt in Taekwondo. And um, But I, one of the phrases that I love that came from a sensei one time, he said, the really great sensei walks into the dojo and uh, two hours later they leave and everybody in the dojo is better. But the difference is, the people in the dojo think they did it themselves. Mm. And that's that's a key aspect of all of this. When you're working with your people that are struggling with one particular thing or didn't reach the result that you wanted, mm -hmm. if you interact with them in such a way that they're better and they think they did it themselves, boy, you're a leader. And, and magical things can happen out of that. And so it's just a very difference in approach from um, – from that sort of stuff. But most of those comments I get because I do it very differently, even when I'm teaching and, and developing pilots. Then also with 
developing instructors as well because I coach and mentor instructors and um, get them the sense of how they should ask the questions differently so that it really brings out the ability of the clients to process the situation even when they get out there in the real world. And uh, as I say, when Murphy comes on stage, <laughs> kind of thing, oh, Murphy's Law, you know, whatever can go wrong will go wrong at the worst possible time kind of thing. It's like, can you handle it when the least expected thing that you can imagine Mm-hmm. comes on stage and in fact i posted one thing on my social media this morning and it, it it's a great quote i love the quote and it said uh um it said what if and it's a quote that i kind of gathered and i kind of put up there but the quote basically was this i said that what if the least expected factor comes on scene today and it's not a distraction mm-hmm you know, kind of thing. You know, it's if, if all you're doing is wanting things to be in a nice, clean little academic thing, guess what? And if you're leading your team in such a way that that's what you're developing in them, that can be a challenge. There'll be some situations where your team cannot perform in possibly. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's that aspect. All of this is sort of tied together, but it's the it, it's a key aspect of true leadership when you're trying to really maximize and release the maximum potential of your team and the people in it. And guess what? Uh, you might, you know, if, if somebody really grows to the point where they get promoted in the company, guess what? The company's better. Mm. True. And because they'll be passing it out. So, so just some of those aspects about it, when you think about it, some of the solutions are crazy and guess what a lot of the factors that come on scene in today's world are not what you'd expect oh my goodness and by the way um oh hello welcome to the show you're alive on the line who's this hi this is veronica hi veronica um i was wondering if i could just ask a quick question sure go ahead sure. just to let you know you are live on the line <laughs> i am here <laughs> well, you know, you have um, you have such an interesting background, and I was wondering, how did you stay focused to make sure you achieved all of your goals? You know what? Thank you for what a great question that is, Monica. You have my compliments, and I mean that very sincerely. That's a good question. But I will say this, and you, you may remember in, um, that when I graduated from college, or from high school, I should say, all my dreams were dead. There was a, uh, 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 a separation point in my life for about four or five years. I was in a field that was not aligned with my dreams. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in a very quick point, I went back to college. And this is going to be the real answer to your question, Monica. I'm, I'm leading it to that answer. But um, uh, remember when I went back to college, uh, I knew it was going to be tough. but And I knew my parents didn't have a lot of money for it. So I was filling out some... ROTC scholarship paperwork, which I could never get because most of the scholarships had already been approved for four-year students. Mm-hmm. But when they found out my actual birthday, the tech sergeant looked at me and he went, mm. wow, is that your birthday? And I said, yeah, why? And he said, you realize that in order to fly, you got to graduate by your 25th birthday, don't you? And that was like slightly less than three and a half years later. And I'm getting my degree in applied math and physics. And so the the answer to your, the answer yeah. to your question monica is simply this i realized the situation and the challenge that i was in but what i did 
is I knew that I had to really, I couldn't wait for two days to just kind of wait for something to happen. And so the focus was such that for those three and a half years where I was, I was averaging 20 to 21 credit hours a semester, uh, you know, well, I should say probably 18 to 21 credit hours a semester. And I went to just about every summer school session and I ended up graduating and my sister and my mother pinned second lieutenant bars on me in the Air Force um, on my 25th birthday. And and what I would say to answer your question in general is that many of the goals that I was seeking were so time critical and yeah. and by that so focused that I had to be completely committed uh-huh. to that journey. And so the the focus had to be there. And um and part of the thing that drove that is your passion for reaching it. And um and I had to put everything else behind me to get there. And so it's a great question, but yeah, there are times, uh, depending on the situation you're in, where that focus has to be clear, centered, and committed. And at what point do you think you're committed and maybe you're not, you know? And so there, there's a lot of that. We could even talk more on that. I know we're kind of running out of time here real quick, but uh, but uh, I, I shared a couple other uh, situations, I think, with you, Jill, before. Yeah, we still got where, five minutes. Go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll just mention this. Remember that uh, uh, going between my uh, sophomore and junior year in college, the uh, you had to go down to get a flight physical at the Air Force Base to make sure that you were physically ready to do this. And um, and the, in col- in high school, I had uh, from a football injury, I had torn cartilage in my knee and had surgery. Mm-hmm. And the guy asked me if I was you know, if I had any problem with that. I said, well, no, not really, not really. And uh, uh, and he said, but just real right in the recovery time, there was some issues with it. But since it recovered, nothing. But yeah, just a little bit there in recovery time. Well, guess what? It came back as disqualified for uh, flying, disqualified for Air Force commissioning, and disqualified for the second two years of ROTC. And I just went, you've got to be kidding me. And the the tech sergeant came up to me about two days later and he said hey the major and i are going to get you another physical randy wow. and I went, what <laughs> he didn't have to do that but they did and i was fully qualified for everything and on the day of my graduation i was uh the last semester i was four uh, on the last spring session semester i was four hours short of graduating so i went to the first uh summer school session and i I uh, took a physics course that I thought I could do well in, and I took a graduate level imaginary calculus course, Math 501. And the uh, professor had a reputation around the university that he did not curve grades at all. Mm-hmm. And I knew the final exam was on Monday, my birthday was on Friday. I knew on the final exam, I figured that I got either a C or a D because I was so wiped out, I had no oh. energy left after three and a half years. If I got a D, all my dreams went down the tube. If I got a C, everything happened. Well, what was amazing is I went over there for several days. And on Thursday, just before my birthday, I went over there about six times. And the last time was right about six o'clock. And all the lights in Harrison Hall were off. The doors were locked. And I went up to the professor's office. And the door was locked, the lights off, and no grades posted. And I just went, what do I do now? And about five seconds after that, I heard a sound. I looked up and the professor came around the corner up to his office. And he asked me and I said, well, sir, 
he said he was going to grade the final exams that weekend. I said, is there any way I can just get you? I'm not looking for anything I don't deserve, but can yeah. I get you to grade mine real quick? And he said, yeah. Uh, he said, I'll tell you what. And when I told him why, he looked at me and he said, Randy, if you have dreams like that, I will give you a C. And I went, what? He said, I will give you a C. And I went, wow, okay. Thank you, sir. Shook his hand. And guess what? On my 25th birthday, my sister and my mother pinned second lieutenant bars on me. But you know what? Those guys did not have to do that. Mm-mm. But there was uh. something about the commitment. There was something about what they experienced in me and who I was. I did not negotiate with them. I didn't ask them for anything I didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. They both initiated it. They both responded to it. And so when you look at Monica's question, that's all a little bit of a picture of that level of focus and commitment and and you know it, it's deeper and more a lot bigger than most people realize so monica you have a great question but that's when you are in that kind of a time and that's just an example from my yeah. journey of the commitment but when you are in a challenging time how committed are you really and how do you know what's the evidence of it and i offer that for the people that are listening Great. Thank you so much. And if, Veronica, thank you for the call. Uh, if you want to reach out or anybody, obviously, it's, uh, why don't you tell us how we could do that? We're out of time. This is perfect. Thank you for sharing oh, thank that. Thank you Randy. so much. Thank you, Monica. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Go ahead. So how can we reach you, Randy? Okay. It's uh, Coaching for Relevance. My website is uh, coaching4forrelevance.com. And uh, people can, uh, on the front page there, it has my uh, cell phone and my email. Anybody can reach out, uh, uh, give me a call. If you do give me a call, leave a voicemail, because if it's just a number that I don't recognize, I don't answer it, I let it go. If it's a voicemail and I recognize, okay, this is somebody from the show, then yeah, I'll definitely call you back. But um, but yeah, reach out. Uh, I look to connect and to just build relationships. And uh, and who knows? So it's just, uh, that that's what I'm all about. Perfect. Thank you so much. Pleasure having you here as always and looking forward to the next time we connect. Thank you to our caller, to our listeners. We'll be right back with more. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hi, this is Terry Crews. Actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. 